You're smart. Your TV is smart. That's why you cut the cord. But you need one more thing. Alaska's news source. Watch live or when it's convenient for you. Here's how. Just search Alaska's news source on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire, or Android TV. Install and enjoy. It's completely free and has everything you need in one spot. Breaking news. Statewide weather. In-depth investigations. Start streaming Alaska's news source live today. Text messages from an accused killer. The jury hears final messages in the ongoing trial of Brian Smith. Debate on the education bill at the state capitol as lawmakers are back on the House floor this evening. Well, prepare for active weather. High winds hit Anchorage and South Central this evening, and snow pushes into the region as well. Being around the Bear Cubs, that was always my favorite. The Alaska Zoo's executive director is retiring. We'll go through his nearly 40 years working with the animals. You're watching Alaska's News Source. So Bislin said, uh, so you did not sleep with the women you killed? And Smith said, not those two. Prosecutors wrap up their case against accused killer Brian Smith, showing video they say he took, appearing naked, leaning over a woman's body while she lay, lies on a red couch. Smith on trial for murder is accused of killing two Alaska Native women, the homicides gaining national attention after a woman said she found a memory card on the ground labeled Homicide at Midtown Marriott. Our investigative reporter, Rebecca Paulshaw, was in court today for the final day of testimony. Rebecca? Well, there was a brief moment when we thought Smith may testify on his own behalf, but after a short break, the defense said Smith declined. Today was filled with intense emotions as the jury heard text messages and saw video of Smith. Uh, this is from Smith's phone. I have something to show you, period. Something I can't keep for too long. The lead detective in the Brian Smith murder case read text messages prosecutors say are from the accused killer. Need to find a secluded spot to meet. The man he texts with pleaded his Fifth Amendment rights and did not have to testify. But messages prosecutors say are between them was presented to the jury. And he responds, I was not up, comma, sounds like you were having a lot of fun. I did have fun, wanted to share. Those moments playing out as the case's judge told the jury to disregard a conversation the prosecution said Smith had with his wife from prison about the deaths of Kathleen Henry and Veronica Abouchuk. So Bislin said, uh, so you did not sleep with the women you killed? And Smith said, not those two. That comment upset the family and friends of the two murdered Alaska Native women who have been in the gallery every day. Wednesday, the prosecution also showed the jury video of Smith and another person at McDonald's buying two Big Macs right after the prosecution said Smith killed Henry and dumped her body along the Seward Highway. Um, you'll see Mr. Smith's uh, face, head, upper body, shoulders. Prosecutors also presented video they say Smith took showing himself naked, leaning over a woman's body while she lays on a red couch. The jury was told it was about Chuck. Uh, I identified the female on the couch as Veronica. Both the prosecution and defense finished presenting evidence and are expected to present closing arguments Thursday morning. And the judge told the jury he does expect them to begin deliberating tomorrow. Rebecca Palsha, Alaska's News Source investigates. And you can watch the proceedings live on alaskasnewsource.com, our news app, and our free streaming channels. 
You'll find it under the Live tab on our website and on our streaming platforms. Let's turn now to the weather situation. Jackie says it's going to be a windy evening with snow overnight. Jackie joins us now with a look at the forecast. Well, Mike, a winter weather push of snow, winds, high rain, uh, snow, high winds and rain is coming. Warnings and advisories are issued, so get ready for an active round of weather. Let's take a look here in the Anchorage area. We've seen those winds pick up. The clouds roll in. You can see those trees swaying in the Eagle River area. And our temperature across the Anchorage area, they've been warm and the winds have been high. On the south end of town, in the higher elevations, Potter Heights seeing the strongest wind gust of the day, 69 miles per hour, 41 mile per hour winds in Muldoon, 44 for Jay Bear. And at the airport, a strong wind gust of 37 miles per hour. From the airport location, our current temperature is 39 with southeast winds 20 up to 32 miles per hour. So the winds are going to be strong, not just on those hillside locations, but in town too. We did hit 40 for the high, 32 was our overnight low. Those are well above those normal readings. We have an advisory for snow into the Susitna Valley, six to 13 inches. It's gonna be uh, around the Talkeetna cutoff just off to the west. And for the Copper River Basin, into Thompson Pass, 12 to 24 inches of snow. You can see the out south central area seeing that push of wet weather moving through of the bulk of it tonight into tomorrow morning. Then we taper off, even might see a few sunny breaks on Thursday into Friday as well with scattered snow showers in the forecast. So do be careful. Winds tonight, southeasterly 40 to 60 miles per hour. We'll see this precipitation start as rain, but it could turn to snow one to three inches in the city and up to four to eight in those higher elevations. Mike, we'll have more on this developing weather situation coming up a little bit later. All right, thanks, Jackie. Developing now in Juneau after a fatal blow to a comprehensive education package, House lawmakers have just come back to the House floor to try to hash out what happens next with education funding. It's a debate that will impact schools and children all across Alaska. Our political reporter Steve Kirch is live at the Capitol now to bring us the very latest since 5. Steve? Uh, Steve, good communication and good process typically result to uh, result in good results, and unfortunately we haven't seen that here, and I think we see a, a messier and more drawn-out process as a result. Uh, obviously not the choice that we would have taken, but glad that we at least have the bill in front of us, and uh, we'll be able to offer those amendments to, again, support schools and support students in increasing the base student allocation and transportation funds, support that they really asked for in the last few years. Okay, we had a problem with uh, Steve's audio from Juno. He was trying to tell us that after rejecting the House Majority's education package, members uh, came back about half an hour ago, and there was already an amendment to increase per-student funding to $680. Now, this started as a Senate Internet Schools funding bill, and tonight they're back at that. The BSA amendment has been attached to that, which is what we were watching play out a few moments ago, and it's happening now. The vote earlier today was 21 to 19. As for the second time this week, those House members saying no to the package included some Bush lawmakers who caucus with the majority usually. In comparison to the $680 in BSA money now being talked about, the bill that failed cont contained a $300 per student increase, along with the governor's priorities like teacher bonuses and charter schools, which opponents argued all were rushed and not properly vetted earlier today. We heard earlier from uh, the House Minority Leader Calvin Shragi. He talked about what he felt was a communication issue 
leading up to the uh, vote earlier. And we're continuing to track these developments of the state capitol. Again, that debate has just started a few moments ago on the House floor. House Rules Chair Craig Johnson, who helped to rewrite the bill that failed, uh, told our Steve Kirch as he walked out of the chambers he was not disappointed, calling this all part of the process. We'll now see what the amendments are. We'll have an update coming up at 10 on the late edition here on Alaska's News Source. Also in Juneau, a proposed constitutional amendment would change the way the PFD has been handled in recent years as the education bill is taking center stage. This resolution is waiting to be heard on the House floor. If it's passed, the state would have to pay out according to the statutory formula. The House Judiciary Committee moved the resolution out of committee last month. Representative Ben Carpenter from the Kiski is sponsoring the resolution and says it would need two-thirds approval from both the House and Senate before it goes before the voters. Well, that Juno student funding debate comes as districts across the state decide what to keep and what to cut. That includes the Anchorage School Board. Now, last night, Superintendent Jared Bryant said the district is no longer proposing a program, uh, a cut in a program known as STEAM, which would have replaced elementary school art and a new hybrid class uh, that merged five subjects into a single hour. But Georgina Fernandez tells us the school board says there are still subjects on the chopping block. Georgina? Mike, despite the withdrawal of that proposal, the school board says the decision on what good cuts is up to members and so far has not yet voted. Brian's original proposal was to create a program called STEAM, which would incorporate both STEM and art courses, but the school board says this would have to lead, this would have led to staffing cuts and would have been used to replace the Ignite program. That's the district's gifted program for elementary students, which is still facing the risk of being axed. Cuts would include decreasing teachers in that program from 20 down to two. And the school board says that cut would save at least $2.2 million. School board member Dave Donnelly says he was speaking on behalf of himself, but there's no easy decision. It's a very tough conversation. There's no good option here. Nobody wants to be in the process of closing public schools or, or cutting essential, you know, very important programs to families. This is not something that the board wants to do. The school board will be voting on its final budget next Tuesday during the school board meeting. The budget will then be sent to the Anchorage Assembly no later than March 3rd, just days after the final vote. Mike? All right, thanks, Georgina. Still ahead on Alaska's news source tonight, Iron Dog competitors are getting time to work on their machines at the halfway point of the race. We'll check in live uh, in Nome with our sports director, Jordan Rodenberg. You're watching Alaska's news source. Well, in the 2024 edition of the Iron Dog race, all the teams have made it now to Nome, the halfway point of the Iron Dog. Now, let's take a live look at the GPS tracking map. Team 39, Cody Barber and Brett uh, Lapham, the first at the checkpoint yesterday evening before 6 p.m. Again, all of the teams are in Nome right now. And competitors are finally getting a chance to get some rest and work on their machines. Uh, it's called Wrenching Day. Let's go live now to sports director Jordan Rodenberger. He's live in Nome where they're celebrating the fact that they even made it halfway through this grueling race. 
<laughs> yeah, Mike, which just goes to say how tough this race is as we're wrapping up that halfway banquet celebration where there are awards, tales from the trails, and a helmet giveaway for the youth of the community here in Nome at the Nome Mini Convention Center after what was a pretty rough first half of the race. And those stories can be told by just looking at the machines inside the Nome garage today on wrench day. Shocks, bolts, A-arms, shields, tracks, you name it, it was getting looked at under the hood, above the hood, all of it getting taken care of on wrench day. And speed is the name of the game here in Iron Dog 2024, of course. And that goes while your machine is standing still as well. All-time used during wrench day will be added to your course time but you also don't want to make any mistakes and have to do this work out in that cold blistering wind which is not letting up much here on the west coast of alaska now while they are competitors one thing i do love about wrench day and iron dog is that they are willing to help each other chris olds after he got done with his machine he just continued circling the garage helping other teams that he is trying to beat in this very race well, I don't know. It's hard for me to say no with the guys that need help, and uh, I've been doing this a long time, and it's uh, kind of gets my head out of like not thinking about racing too. It's just kind of just it's kind of a, you know a little bit of a little bit of a mental break for me to actually help these guys out and not think about the race and you know kind of tune that out and just be able to help these guys out and hopefully the you know uh, you know they'll, they'll return the favor at some point, right? So I like helping them out. Yeah, it's fun. And teams will be leaving Nome dark and early tomorrow. And there's actually some teams still wrenching in the garage as I speak. They went from the banquet back to the garage because they just want to make sure that everything's good to go before they take off for the remainder of Iron Dog 2024, which, of course, will be following along right here on Alaska's News Source. Mike. All right. Thanks a lot, Jordan. Live from Nome tonight. Well, Alaska is a state like no other, from its mountainous peaks to its glacier valleys. It's also a strategic location for the country's military. And with that comes extreme weather conditions, conditions Alaska's military frequently prepares for. As Carla Shrek explains in this week's Inside the Gates. I think the Alaska infantry is built different. When it comes to Arctic warfare... Soldiers must be adequately prepared. And I definitely learned more of the importance of my cold weather gear. I've used it before, but never in the wind. The wind was definitely new for sure with this weather. Which is why, during the colder months of the year, the Alaska National Guard's Bison Company, 1st Battalion, 297th Infantry Regiment, recently pushed their cold weather limits in the relentless terrain of Bethel. The most important objective that we had was to um, get back into Arctic training. It was to like get back into an Arctic environment, to test our systems, to you know get used to the gear again, get in the snowshoes, put on the rucks, get out where it's cold, where the snow's blowing, and just you know in a non-tactical environment with less pressure, and just set up our equipment and get back into you know operating in the Arctic as an infantry unit. Demonstrating ruggedness and resiliency in temperatures hovering nearly 15 below conditions many of these soldiers had yet to experience. So I've never been to Bethel before um, and it was pretty different from anywhere I've been. Usually I'm in hot environments, arid environments, stuff like that, California, Louisiana, but frigid, windy, cold was a little bit 
more hostile than what I'm used to. The cold weather training exercise tested the infantry's Arctic terrain navigation, transportation proficiency, as well as their field craft skills, putting their capabilities to work in some of the most extreme environments in the country. You know, we live here. This is, this is nothing that we don't do every single day until, you know, you stress the systems of combat, and, you know, having to put on all the heavy gear. That obviously brings a whole new level to the Arctic, but um, you won't find better Arctic warriors than in the Alaska National Guard. For Inside the Gates, Carly Shrek, Alaska's News Source. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Click subscribe so you can get the latest podcast from Alaska's News Source automatically. And stay up to date with breaking news and in-depth reporting available for free 24-7 with the Alaska News Source app.